Welcome to This Dad Reads, a bookish podcast covering numerous genres and fandoms. I'm your host, Jason, and today we're catching up on books, Star Wars, and me and my buddy Zane nerd out. What's up, my fandom friends? Hope everyone is doing well out there. I am doing great. Um, As of this recording, it is officially spring break. Uh, My kids are out of school. Um, I'm still working. But that's okay. Uh, the Easter holiday is coming up, so lots of good family time, some good downtime, hopefully some reading time, catching up on some good books. Um, I'm super excited for today's episode. I'm going to be talking to my buddy Zane, who's also known as My Two Credits, all the, over the internet. And we have a nerd out session and talk about a whole bunch of stuff from media to Star Wars, our opinions, the Bad Batch finale, the Mandalorian books. It's going to be an awesome time. Please stick around for that in a little bit. Before we get to that, though, we got to get on to my last current next. Let's go. So the last book that I read was Star Wars The High Republic Chronicles of the Jedi, an illustrated guide to the galaxy's golden age. This is a reference book published by Insight Editions. Now, I'm going to start off by saying these types of reference books aren't really my jam. They're not really my thing. Having said that, if you know me at all, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that I love the High Republic and anything that comes out in the High Republic world, I will buy. It's my mission to basically own everything that comes out from the High Republic. So I had to pick this one up and I was shocked at how gorgeous this book is. Um, it's, I believe it's faux leather, but it's a hardback book. It has amazing art. Um, it's a really cool book and it's, kind of like a history book in a sense it goes through all of basically phase one and two of the higher public um and it goes through everything it's really nice and i actually really enjoyed it as kind of a catch-up so i've only read all the star wars high republic books once for the most part it was really nice just, just to kind of revisit what happened in the first phase it has some really cool um additions like little scraps of paper that are attached or little just nice little touches it's it's kind of part art book and part reference book so i'd recommend it if you're already a fan of the high republic and just need to have it on your shelf or if you have not read anything from the high republic yet it's a good reference book to put on your shelf however i would say do not read this book before reading at least phase one of the high republic because it will give stuff away but anyway it's a really cool addition to the shelves and i really enjoyed it i'm currently reading a book by an independent author named jl meredith I am reviewing his book for him, and it is called Guardian Into the Light of Day. It's kind of like a comic book novel. Um, It's a superhero story that I'm a little over halfway through, and it's pretty unique in that sense. It's not your t- it's not a graphic novel it's not a comic book but it's about a superhero um, it's about this kind of celestial being who has been on earth for hundreds of years and something happens and she's basically exposed to the world and she's kind of an asteroid has hit the earth and it's affecting people all around the globe and she is out there trying to engage with governments um, and engage with these people whose lives are being changed by the asteroid and figure out how to help them or help them cope with their new abilities and then deal with kind of the fallout of her discovery as a as a superhero alien being. So I will have my full thoughts on that on my website very soon. Should be finishing that book up this week. 
My next book is Star Wars The High Republic Quest for Planet X by Tessa Grattan. It is the latest middle grade novel in The High Republic, and there's only a couple books left in this phase, so I'm really excited to read this book. Was not able to get an early copy this time around, which is totally okay, but I'm picking that book up on release day, and by the time this episode comes out, my review will be published, so check out thisdadreads.com to hear my thoughts on that. So, I've got my whole book lineup for the month of April uh, solidified, locked in. Don't know about you guys, but I usually like to think ahead about all the books I'm going to read just to make sure that I'm staying on track with my goals. Um, I'm doing five books this month, so I'm excited to see what the month holds for us. Something else I wanted to quickly mention, I'm going to talk a whole bunch of Star Wars with my friend Zane in just a minute, but I have really been enjoying the Star Wars deck building card game. This is a tabletop game that is published by Fantasy Flight Games. If you followed me on uh, Instagram, you'll see that I posted about this when it came out a couple weeks ago, but I am a big tabletop games fan, and this is a, a two-player card game, but it really plays more kind of like a board game. I don't know how familiar you guys all are with board games or deck building games. I am not a big deck building games person. I am not anti-deck building. I just haven't played a lot of deck building games. But having said that, um, this game is really fun. It has tons of replay value. I actually just successfully taught my wife and my eight-year-old son it yesterday, and I think I converted them, so I have some new friends to play with. It's really cool. One player plays as the Empire, and one plays as the Rebels. Um, I mean, I won't go, go through the whole schematics or the, or the whole um, play playthrough, but basically you're kind of, you start with a really small deck of cards that are pretty basic, and then you play resource cards and you purchase cards from like a middle row from your own faction, whether you're Empire or Rebels. You can kick cards out so, the, so your enemy cannot buy them. There's really fun mechanics and like I said, really replayable and fun. And I feel like it's really well balanced. Like I've played games where the Empire dominates and, but then I've played games where the Rebellion really dominates. It really come, kind of all comes down to what cards get put on the table and how you play. Um, really, really fun. Um, and I highly recommend it. I'm, I'm hoping for some expansions in the future. This is, my, this is my thing, guys. I get into something that I immediately want expansions. So I'm really just trying to sit with it and enjoy it. But I can already think of really cool ways that more characters can come into the mix, more ships. I really hope there would be a High Republic edition some, sometime in the future. That'd be awesome. But um, having said that, I highly recommend it. So it's the Star Wars deck building card game by Fantasy Flight Games. I highly recommend it. And this is a big week for Star Wars books. I am so excited for Cataclysm by Lydia Kang, Quest for Planet X by Tessa Gratton, and the three-book Phase 1 Young Adult collection in paperback is all out are all out this week. My reviews for Cataclysm and Quest for Planet X are both up on thisdadreads.com right now. I really liked these books. Cataclysm is now up there as one of my all-time favorite High Republic books ever, and it was just stunning, and I couldn't put it down. Um, and so I would love to talk about those things at greater length in a future episode. But I want to give a lot of people, I want to give you guys time to check those books out for yourselves. Send me some comments on Instagram, comment on my posts about what you thought about these books. I would love to talk about them more in the future. So, really excited about all those books. Those are all out right now. So, run out and grab a copy for yourself. After this quick break, me and my buddy Zane are going to nerd out. See you then. Want to support This Dad Reads and get more exclusive content? Then join me on Patreon. 
I've got a $3 support tier and a $5 friends tier, which will grant you early access to podcast episodes and book reviews, exclusive Patreon-only content and community, plus I'll even give you a shout-out on every episode of the This Dad Reads monthly podcast. I'd love the chance to get even more connected, so join me today at patreon.com slash thisdadreads. That's patreon.com slash thisdadreads. And I'm back. KC78, how are you doing, my guy? Oh, are you excited to nerd out with Zane? I know he's excited to talk to you. All right, well, why don't you get everything connected and going? And uh, I'll cue you when I'm ready, all right? All right, well, I'm really excited to be talking to my next guest. We've gotten to know each other online, and you'll hear a little bit more about how, how that came to be, but he's a really cool guy who we connected over Star Wars stuff on uh, Instagram, and we recently had a chance to sit down and nerd out. So, Casey, why don't you get it going? And I am back and I'm here with Zane. What's up, Zane? Hey, man. Nice to uh, chat in person or as close to as possible. Quote unquote. Yes, definitely. KC78 hooked us up. We are chatting, you know, we're in the same state though. So we're chatting. I'm actually here for long distance. I'm actually here for KC78, not you. Just gotta be honest. Oh, dang, KC. Did you hear that, bud? (laughs) You've got fans. You've got fans. I'm trying to figure out a way if I can get KC to like go to star wars celebration for me like hitch a ride in someone's bag and then just like report back anyway i'm hopeful that that in uh by the time the third hopefully jedi fallen order survivor game in the trilogy because it sounds like they want to do that is out you will get an invite to ea and kc and bd can meet that's my hope for you (laughs) that'd be amazing (laughs) multiple i was gonna say kc's dream come true but maybe mine too maybe mine too (laughs) Regardless, stoked to have you on. Stoked to have some nerd out time with you. Um, what? Let's just get started. Like Zane, why don't you introduce yourself to to KC, to me? Who are you? Um, what are you into? What's going on in your life? What, why? Why are we friends? What's going? Just tell <laughs> us about yourself. <laughs> you know, so I will say that I don't have many friends in real life who are avid Star Wars fan like I am. And last year, it dawned on me that I could make a social media page that would hopefully lead me to other fans that are kind of the same way as I am. Uh, and, you know, you're on book, you're on um, Bookstagram. I wanted to do a Bookstagram. And that's how we connected. Um, mm-hmm. I followed your account pretty early on in my my tenure there, I guess you can call it that. And I think we just started chatting about like various things along those lines. I I had no idea about arcs at the time, and I would see that you would get them. I'm like, dude, what is what is this? Can you explain this to me? And <laughs> you were just like one of the most genuine, nicest, humble guys on there that really kind of welcomed me to the to the book Bookstagram community. So that's how we connected. As for who I am, um, I don't really talk about my work that much, and I say that because I feel that so many people define who you are based on what you do. And I really want to get away Mm -hmm. from that. So I am a travel enthusiast. I've been to 30 countries and counting. Um, I love Lego. I've been in a creative 
feeling a creative itch lately, so I'm actually starting to work on a Lego city. So I'm really excited about that. And as you know, uh, I'm huge into Star Wars. So I would say those are like the pillars that define me. I'm going to agree with what you said. I feel like I can't think of a time that I've been on Instagram or Bookstagram that I don't remember us just like chatting and just kind of commenting on stuff and just DMing and hanging out. So definitely you were one of the people once I wanted to start having just friends on and doing nerd outs, I was like, Zane, you got to come on. Like you got to come on because like you said, I'm, you are basically one of the people out there who I'm hoping that this podcast or my bookstagram, whatever, like I'm just a guy, like I'm not anything. You, you said some very nice things, but I feel like um, I'm just another person out there enjoying what I want to enjoy and just trying to engage with other people um, and have those conversations that you don't get always get to have. And you said it, like you don't have people in your real life. And I'm sure that's true to a, for a lot of people. So um, I'm especially stoked to have you on because you are really representative of that that kind of audience or people out there who I'm hoping they can listen to this episode and feel like they made two more friends, you know, in the Star Wars world. So for sure. I mean, online friends are not new to me, right? And and I think that yeah. for a lot of people, when they do, whether it's, you know, TikTok or YouTube or any kind of creator thing, uh, finding that community of like-minded people is a huge part of why you do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say that, you know, I'm getting close to a year. And while I wouldn't say that I'm a massive account by any means, I have found people that you know, I really vibe with well and we get along sure. and we chat often and they do feel sure. like friends that I've known for a long time. Yep. Yeah. My wife told me, she was like, it's cute. You're like making internet friends. I'm like, no, they're like actual they're real friends. friends. Like, they're friends. They're yeah. real friends. Yeah. It counts. If, if we were, <laughs> if like, I know you're not that far from me. I mean, it depends on what you consider far, but like <laughs> if we had the opportunity to hang out, I would totally be down, you know, we thought about celebration like, before. For sure. Oh man, I can't wait. I'm really hoping the next U.S. celebration, as many of the Star Wars fandom book people can like, I hope we can do an epic meetup. Like, that would be so awesome. For sure. Um, so, Mitch, I don't know if you know him from, he's in Australia. So, like, I want to have him on at oh, one point. Oh, uh, like, that, that dude that wrote a book. Yes, yeah. definitely. So, Shout like, out. I'm going to love him. Yeah. yeah you're going to come on soon, my man. But I can't drive to his house. I could drive to your house right. within a day very easily. Right, right. For sure. <laughs> very different. Anyway, um, so let's let's go back a little bit. For the How, listeners, that I'll, dude that read the book is his tag. I didn't just call him that. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, or is it that dude? That, that dude read that, that read a book, I believe, is his tag. That's his handle. Yeah, yeah that's his, we don't just call him that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, So how were you first introduced to Star Wars? Like, I don't even think we've ever talked about this. Like, how did it kind of enter your world? You know, I was thinking about this the other day because I've been introducing my niece to Star Wars. You know, she's two, so it's super fresh to her. She'll see some Funkos and, like, start pointing to the ones that she likes. And, like, she's slowly learning the names. And it's really cute to see kind of the the evolving process of like her pronunciations and how she says things. Um, and for me, I think like most people, your, your parent, most people, parents introduce you to star Wars in some way, shape or some way, shape or form. So I'm pretty sure it was my dad who introduced me. I'm pretty certain we saw Phantom Menace together. That was what? 98. Is that Menace? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we saw that. 
um, together. I'm definitely a, a prequels kid. Okay, I was I was wondering. I didn't want to assume, but I th- I think I thought that was the case. Menace was ninety nine. Yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna say ninety nine, but I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> That's funny. I was that was definitely my. I was in high school, and I remember going with my cousin and my brother. What have you really enjoyed about being part of the Star Wars fandom or just kind of, I guess the positive side to the internet is that community can happen in a different way that it didn't happen back then. And so what, what has been some of the like best parts about that for you? I I think it's the community and the friendships like by far. And I feel like for the most part, I haven't run across too much of the toxicity that can happen in fandoms Mm -hmm. and people just being overwhelmingly negative. For the most part, I've found the good in that. And it's just exciting when I can talk to someone like on a release day and say, oh my God, did you see this? And just like we're doing right now, just nerd out about an episode Mm -hmm. or a scene or a cameo appearance or Mm -hmm. a plot point of like, you know, whoa, like I did not expect that, you know, or like, oh, Mm -hmm. my theory was correct. And, (laughs) you know, I, I don't have that outside of that, right? So for me, that's, that's awesome. And then if you're a creator in any sense and you post things and you can teach people, you know, maybe like how do you break down a scene this way or, hey, here's what's really kind of going on that maybe you didn't pick up on. Um, mm-hmm. Or even if it's a simple thing like translating Arabesh to people that can't read Arabesh um, or don't know how or haven't spent the time to figure out how. Uh, all those things and the engagement that comes with that, to me, that's so important. And I think there's a lot of people that, you know, get a big following and they just kind of post just to post Mm. but for me it's i value every person that is along and a part of the community with me because Mm -hmm. you know i want to hear your opinion like i'll do polls of like silly stuff you saw you might have seen today where i did like a poll of like a lego set that came out of the young jedi adventures and i want to get a sense of people like what is the what is the sense in the community like do people think that something is expensive or not and you know what does that look like? What should it be priced? You know, because right. it's easy to say, oh, this is overpriced. But in reality, okay, well, you have to account for licensing fees and all that stuff. So what do you think it should be? And then really just kind of getting a pulse of the community in that sense. And so to me, those types of interactions, um, I don't know. They're not things that I would get organically um, yeah. based on the friendships that I have in real life. So to me, I think that's really what I've enjoyed. All of that, that's awesome. you know, the cum- cumulative of all that. All right, so we are recording this on a Thursday evening. Literally yesterday, some of the, at least for this year so far, most exciting, intense episodes of Star Wars media on television on Disney Plus came out. So The Bad Batch Season 2 just finished, and The Mandalorian uh, episode 20, or chapter 21 just aired. And so we have a lot to talk about. I feel like we we have to touch about touch on those things. And this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler warning. I, I rarely do spoilers because of just my production schedules and all that stuff. But I will say this episode is probably coming out in about a week. Um, I feel like that's enough time. But I will say if you have not watched, um, what was the number of Mando? Episode five? Four? Chapter 21. If you have not watched that one yet, stop right now until you have. And if you have not finished the Bad Batch five. season two, okay, episode five, thank you. <clears throat> I'm just going to throw that out there that we will be talking about those things and our opinions and takes on them. So, you know, what's interesting is we're in an age where spoilers are such a huge thing and it's so hard to draw the line. When you look at a mm-hmm. TikTok, 
people will have spoilers out immediately. Twitter, like yeah. people are live tweeting. The Star Wars account tweeted the appearance of a very famous Lasat from the Mandalorian episode today. Yes. Literally under like 24 hours, 24 hours after. I wouldn't say under 24 hours. It, if you consider 12 a.m., people do live in other parts of the, of the world, right? Um, right, sure. So it wasn't very long, though. It wasn't very long. It was a day after. However, you slice mm-hmm. it, it was a day after. And mm-hmm. I was quite surprised by that. Me too. I would not have expected them to do that. Now, at the same time, I, I guess it does make sense when you consider like you want to have engagement and you want to have yeah. people clamoring over. If there's going to be a cameo, you want people talking about it. So I get but it. They didn't need to do that to get people talking. Everyone's going to be talking already. <laughs> like, That's on. fair too. That's fair too. I don't know. I mean, hey, social media managers got to earn their keep somehow, yep. right? <laughs> hey, I got, yeah, I totally get it. But yeah, I, I feel like at least for Mandalorian, if you're deep in the, if you're really a fan, like to me, yeah you should watch it the day it comes out. Like, that's just my take. Sorry. So I, I, I think but, uh, that doesn't mean I'm, you should, if you're big on the fandom and you, and spoilers matter to you, yeah, then you should try to watch it the day it comes out. Yeah. But more importantly, just do your best to stay off social media if you can. Yep. I was also going to say that. So Wednesdays have very also much become, uh, dark I days. Will, Dark days. I will check my D. I'll see my DMs because maybe you're DMing me, Justin. Some, but mainly it's like, have you watched it yet? Yeah. No. Yeah. Stay off and stay yeah. off social. I'm like, done, done, I'm, and done. I'm a, I, I'm a little fortunate right now because I mean, we try to wake up early to watch them anyways. But especially right now, it's Ramadan, so I'm up at like 4 a.m. anyways. I w- okay. I wake up at four. <laughs> I get my workout in. I eat. And then we'll watch. So yesterday was a piece of cake, you know. That's um, nice. But, That's nice. But it isn't always the case. And sometimes you will have to watch at night, you know. So Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, thankfully, uh, Mandalorian is actually one of the shows my wife watches with me. So that's one of our shows. So, again, we can't watch TV together until the both kids are in bed. So that I know that's just reality for a lot of people, too. So what did you think of Mandalorian? I mean, I know... Um, I talked about this on my last episode about some people were asking questions about where they think the season's going. And I've heard a lot of criticisms on this season, honestly. A lot of people saying that, I don't know if maybe it's the Andor effect for some people who now after that, they're not feeling as, I don't know, engaged or as entertained. I think that Star Wars fans as a mass tend to be insufferable at times. (laughs) Like they, they can't just be happy. You know, mm-hmm. they want to nitpick right. every little thing. Yeah. If you remember, when Andor was first announced, people were like, who asked for this show? Right. And then now they got it, and they're like, oh my god, this is... The, the overwhelming consensus want. of Andor has been, <laughs> this is phenomenal, and why can't everything be like this? Um, one, it costs a lot of money. Two, it's really hard and time-consuming, and it's draining, right? It's, it's, it's a lot of work to get a product of that um, capacity. And even the actors have said this before. And that's why Andor went from five seasons to two, because it would take mm-hmm. like a whole decade to do five seasons of Andor. And do you really want to be watching one story on such a small kind of time span for that long? For yeah. that long. Do yeah. you want to wait 10 years to watch a four year story in this context of the Star Wars universe? I don't, right? Like I'm happy that they're doing two and like, <laughs> that's good. And I say that right. because like, you know, there's no deleted scenes, in Andor, like what you see is what you get. That's everything they put out there. Um, I do think that Andor has done a really good job of putting a lot of real world world context into mm-hmm. it. So 
for example, um, I think a lot of people have referenced how the prison in Andor is very similar to concentration camps. But mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. one historical event um, called the uh, Verba Wexler Report, which is a really important real-world manifesto written by Rudolf Verba and Alfred Wetzler in World War II. And the reason why I bring this up is there's a scene in Andor where Melchi is splitting up from Andor. And he says, like, we need to split up and double our odds. People need to know about what's going on. And that is a direct reference to that report because those mm. two escaped the concentration camp and they split up to double their chances of getting the word out about this camp mm-hmm. and what's going on. And that's a very like underrated, like if you don't know very specific history references, you wouldn't sure. know that. And to me, it's crazy the level that that they did that with and the storytelling. And that's something that people aren't used to because Star Wars is very campy. It's very kitschy. That's what you're typically right. accustomed to in these episodes and, and these stories. And I think people are having their eyes open by that. And so they want more mm-hmm. of that now. And you're not really going to get that in Mando, which is more of like a Western cowboy kind of show, you know? Yeah, and family. And I feel like I, I feel like <clears throat> Star Wars, there's room for everyone in Star Wars. Like there's the people that are going to watch everything, but not everything's supposed to is really made for everyone. Right. And I think that's what I, where I think a lot of people, that's why, where the opinions start flying. And I get it. Like everyone's going to have their opinion on everything, but I like to live by the motto that like all Star Wars is good Star Wars. Like the fact that we're getting Star Wars in all its different iterations, print, comic, whatever, that's a good thing. Right. And so maybe it's not going to be your thing, right? but that's okay. Like, move on to the next thing yeah, and let other not, people enjoy it. You as an individual are not the center of the universe. There's <laughs> right. tons of fans out there and people like different things. And exactly, you know, like I'm pumped to watch uh, young Jedi adventures with my niece, you know, like Same. that's not for me. That's for like children, you know, <laughs> but if that's an entry point for them, then that's great. Right. right? And exactly. so, um, I don't know. I, I think that, We'll get into the Bad Batch a little bit, I think, because I think that there's a lot of people that did not love the season, but I really, really enjoyed it. And I think that the word filler gets overused these days, Mm -hmm. because if something huge or explosive didn't happen, then people think like, oh, that was a filler episode. Filler episodes, I think, were like the droid episodes in Clone Wars. <laughs> like, those are filler episodes, right? <laughs> um, but filler comes from, I think, manga, right? Because in manga, there are times where the TV show adaptation, you would be at a point where you needed to give time for the manga to catch up. And if you did, and so you would have these filler episodes where literally, like, you could skip these episodes and it doesn't impact the storyline mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. It's for comedic effect or whatever. It doesn't affect the actual story at all. Those are filler episodes. But if you look at the Bad Batch, it was full of character development throughout. Um, so this is the part where we might get into spoilers. But if you look at the huge event of the finale, the demise mm-hmm. of Tech... I think if you look back at all these episodes, you can see a kind of building to that with all this character development. Um, and also the rest of the squad and kind of how they saw the whole of first crosser being gone and then how they adapt to Echo being gone. Um, to even quotes from Tech where he talked about like, 
you know, just because I process differently than you doesn't mm. mean that I don't feel the void. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he also mentions like, um, we need to adapt and move on. You know, that's what soldiers do. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see the different ways that they think. And I also think that when you look at, I've always felt that the batch will eventually meet their demise. Like that is, it's not going to be a happy ending for these guys. Sure. That's always been my kind of idea. Either through fighting and losing to the empire or being captured and potentially becoming death troopers. Like one of the two is, I would say like 80, 90% likely what's going to happen. And I say that because if you look at rebels, I'm pretty sure there's a line in rebels where Rex talks about how he knew clones and was really good friends with clones and they didn't have a good fate. And I have to Mm -hmm. think that he's referring to the bad batch. So I don't think that any of these guys make it out of this series. Potentially Omega does, but outside of that, I don't think anyone survives. So, so when I look at that, I think that the premise of the show is for the bad batch to find their place in the world. Mm. And that's what you're seeing. And I think you're seeing the lives that they could have had if they had chosen different paths and not been the, the good soldiers that we know. Right. Like if you look at the episode, um, the racing episode, like tech could have just said, you know what? I'm really good at this. I'm going to hang it up. Y'all go do what you want to do. And I'm just going to go race and not be a mercenary, but like, this is going to be my career and I'm going to, and I can win this way and I can have enjoyable life this way and so on and so forth. Wrecker could have lived, living his best life with the Wookiees, you know, and eating all day. Right. And so you need to see those paths to see the life that they could have had to eventually really feel the heartache when they Mm -hmm. all meet their demise. That's how I look at it. Sure, sure. Yeah, and we, we've we DM'd a little bit about this, um, a lot about this, actually. Because I would be one of those ones that I feel like this season, I think, in general, I left confu- I was confused by this season. It felt, <clears throat> it felt less, like, um, of an intentional, like, season story arc than the first season did. And if I rewatch it again, I will probably glean more or see more connections and how those, I just felt like the episodes, the way that they were structured, it felt too disjointed. And I was, I would feel like they'd tease a storyline and then it would not, they wouldn't return to it for a while or I I don't know. Uh, And again, I, um, I'm one of those people. Oh no, I don't know how I want to say this. I don't don't want to say that those big flashy actiony things are of an utmost importance to me because they're not, but um, I was just confused and I was like, I was not entertained for a lot of it. And so, and that just really disappointed me. Like I was really bummed by that. I will say that I loved the pace and the momentum and the intentionality of those final two episodes. And I feel like that's what I was wanting. The, I feel like if that was like the mid season and then we just kept going, like that would have, I would have loved that. Like, and I just feel like, I don't know. That was that was my vibe, and I just felt like the for me the pace just felt off, and it felt different, and um, that's how I left it. And no hate for people who loved it, and um, and I also think I think part of it too is like I don't have um, part of my area of weakness in the Star Wars universe is Clone Wars and is like clones. So I feel like I'm coming into this with less 
of that knowledge and less of that like fervor than a lot of other people do. See, I'd be very curious to see your opinion if you go back and rewatch it from start to finish and see how that potentially changes yeah. now sure. that you can see kind of the intention of the story. Because yeah. I think for me, I really felt the weight of that loss mm-hmm. with how it was done because you spent mm-hmm. so much time on his character development. And there were also so many hints along the way, like in the Zillow Beast episode, there's a point where Tech splits off from the crew mm-hmm. and Omega is like, oh, is that a smart idea? And Tech says, do not worry about me. Like I can handle myself or I'll be fine. It's like, can you though? You know? Um, <laughs> and as we see, like he's always putting himself in front of, the, like yeah. he's always putting the team in front of him. Right. And he's yeah. always doing what's best for the squad. Right. Um, and it's so it's all done with a very, like it's intention. And so yeah. I, I think um, I'm on the total flip side as you, whereas I do think that there was really strong intention and pacing for the season because it all culminated in this. I am not someone that gets attached to characters that much. Mm. You know, I don't ship characters. I don't do any of that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I was like borderline inconsolable at text. <laughs> oh. um, because, because, and, and, the reason why I say that is because I've said from the start that I think they're all going to die. And mm. for me to still feel that way, knowing yeah. it was coming, to me, I'm like, that's good story writing. Yeah, that's yeah, good storytelling. 100%. Because like, if 100%. I'm someone that it doesn't get that emotional and I'm feeling the pain, like I think that's well done, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It broke my heart. Like, it was it was rough. Yeah. It was real rough. Uh, and I... Sorry, go One ahead. last thing. How about Plan 99 being named after clone 99 who sacrificed himself yeah. like that. Like where can I send my therapy bills, sir? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And what do you think about the, um, I didn't hear a lot of chatter about the kind of like reveal at like the very end um, with the other like clone. Oh, uh, the doctor. Yeah. Like what were your, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think it's interesting because I definitely felt that there was something going on, especially mm-hmm. when you consider like the accent of the character. Her, and, I was like her accent. Yeah, like yes. there's there's gotta be something. <laughs> I there. picked up on that like yeah. episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. So it, it isn't a as surprising of a reveal, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am curious to see where it goes, and I'm yeah. curious to see. Like we're obviously getting a season three. That's I'm sure that that's probably going to be announced at celebration. What Hopefully, I am yeah. curious about is how many more we have to go. I've always felt this would be a mm-hmm. four season show. Okay, so I'll yeah, be a little fair. disappointed if three is the final one because I feel like mm-hmm. there's still so much to tell. Yeah. Um, I would be very surprised if we got five seasons. I feel like at that point you might be stretching it, but if we got four, I'd be pretty content. Okay, so let's move on to Mandalorian. Okay, so first of all. Zeb, like, what the heck? I I did that thing, and I I had to go on Twitter, obviously, after just to be like, I'm not the only one, right? That And I didn't stay through the credits. Like, I didn't do, I wasn't, but I was like, that was him, right? I forward Where, through. I forward through the credits at the okay, end to, like, okay, see. Because, like, okay. I know you? it's always going to be there. Yeah, Because, like, smart. the credits take, like, five, ten minutes, right? I, so I'll just yeah. skip through <laughs> to the one specific part where they show the characters, and it does, right. it does say Zeb. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. doesn't say Zeb Aurelius. It just says Zeb, but... Like Star Wars Twitter account, they've confirmed that it's yeah, Zeb. So we know they it's confirmed Zeb. It. Um, I know there's a lot of discourse on like, well, what is Zeb doing there? He's not a pilot, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, hello, people. He could be a gunner. 
And yeah. even if he's it, not, like, people can develop. Like, that's you can the learn part. new like, skills. That's, you know? that's the exciting part about seeing him is knowing wh- how he got, like, yeah. But that's, that's my funny. point about, like, fans being insufferable, right? Because it's like, yeah. why, are we, why are we upset about this? Yes. Why are we upset? Like, hey, it's been a long time since we've seen Zeb. He right. could have learned how to fly. Like, we right. don't know, you know? And if he didn't, then he maybe he's a gunner. Like, or maybe he's just helping out. Like, who knows? You know, it's who like, cares? let's just be like happy that story. we saw him. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, uh, my man Jaro Tapal crawled so Zeb could walk. Or is it walk <laughs> and run? Go. I don't know the phrase. <laughs> um, but Jaro being in Jedi Fallen Order was the runway for Zeb to be in live yeah. action. I don't think anyone would have expected Zeb to be the first one of the Rebel crew to, to make it to live action. Um, but that was phenomenal. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I will say that like for the people that don't watch the animation because they think it's mm-hmm. it's childish or whatnot, um, A, they're not just kids shows. And two, right. that reveal would not have hit the same had I not seen Rebels. Like yeah. it's because I yeah. saw Rebels that I looked over my wife and I'm like, it's Zeb. It's Zeb. Yeah. And like, yeah. I was just so pumped. Yeah. And I just feel like the, the crumbs are coming. The, the crumbs are being laid for like a Rebels reunion. We've known this is probably going to happen with the Ahsoka series, especially with the teaser. But it's just so fulfilling and just so nice. Like, it's just, it's cool. It's just cool, I think. And I'm, I mean, I, I'm excited for that. Let me... Um, ask you a few things. We're flipping roles yeah. here for a second. Uh, oh, that's good. At the end of the episode, we got the quote-unquote reveal of Mandalorians potentially freed uh, Moff Gideon. Do you think that's a misdirection? Or do you think it's Sabine? I I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and I guess I haven't given it much thought yet. Okay. I want to believe it's kind of a misdirection okay. or that it's something's off. Like it's not real. Yep. Like I don't trust, I don't trust it. Um, but there's a lot of Mandalorians out there. Um, my, doing my different stuff. My initial yeah. reaction was, Oh, maybe it's Sabine because they dropped the, the crumb of Zeb. And maybe they're okay. slowly giving us all the Rebels people in this show as we okay. lead into Ahsoka. But I think that that is misdirection in its own. And I think that, if I recall correctly, Moff Gideon has ties to Mandalorians, I feel like. So it could just be people that are under his quote-unquote employ. Sure, sure, um, sure. Yeah. But I am, but I'm... But I assume that by the time this pod airs, we'll probably have some answers in the next episode. <laughs> and, That's funny. And we'll we'll have a sense we'll, we'll probably have seen moff Gideon in an episode okay okay in yeah. the next week or two I, I would imagine yeah i would imagine too yeah i um i didn't think about it that much and i feel like it was meant to be this kind of like really epic like i mean the music was swelling and it was a final scene i was just like okay like i don't know i i guess i didn't leave it thinking like I didn't immediately start just theorizing. I was like, well, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> I think my, I don't, uh, I really loved also in this episode, sorry, um, just like the Mandalorians coming together and like, what do you think? Like Bo basically like 
she is fulfilling prophecies to a to a degree like the armorer is basically saying like you're the one yeah. like and it's that was so satisfying to me and i'm like i loved it cuz i feel like there's there's a lot of people out there have been chattering like oh, okay like this way thing like this people you know referencing it to being a cult and like saying that this is a good thing and i know there's been a lot of chatter out there people saying like oh we're like glamorizing cults and making it be okay but i and I, I've heard other takes where it's like, we, people want to see that there's, a, they want these people to see that there's not just the way, One way like yeah. it doesn't have to be just that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and breaking them from that and having them realize it. So seeing the armor being like, take your helmet off. Yeah. Like you are both like you and that's okay. And like showing her, showing the people like, this is what needs to be done for Mandalore, not just us yeah. to be redeemed and to be. I thought that was really cool. I think it shows evolution, right? Like how does a uh, race, ethnic group, whatever, how do you evolve in uncertain times? Mm-hmm. And so it's been fascinating to watch. I'm really glad to see the development of her character and what they're doing with that. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm glad that she's get, been given such a central role this season. Yeah. You know, and it's not just a cameo here or there. Yeah. She is a, a main character in a sense. Yeah. If you look at what's is happening, is she in the, the show. Mandalorian, like of the series, like yeah. of the whole series? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I'm really excited to see kind of the the between the Bad Batch and Mandalorian. I'm really excited to see all the cloning stuff that they're kind of showing mm-hmm. as it leads into the sequels. I think that's that's great and that's great story building because a lot of people had issues with the sequels. And I think that as we've come to learn over the years, the answer to a lot of your questions in star Wars is more star Wars. <laughs> and that's how they fill in all these gaps. So like, yeah. I'm totally fine with it. I'm happy with what kind of what we're seeing. Um, I really cool. enjoyed yeah. the stuff with the new Republic. I think it really goes to show you how the first order came to power and, and all these things. Um, yeah. And it's tough. Like it's one thing to win a war. It's another to maintain peace, you yeah. know, and, and, um, I'm excited to see when we'll see Mon Mothma again. You know, I would hope mm-hmm. that we see her in mm-hmm. Mandalorian at some point. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that we haven't yet, but right. I would be a little surprised if we didn't see her by the end of the season. Yeah. Or, like, I hate to say, it, like, is Leia going to be in the mix? Like, you know, she was a big part of that, and a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? She was a big part. How do you of- how do you feel about the de aging stuff? And I kind of hate it. Kind of the <laughs> the way that they've not casted a Luke, and if they go down that path, they won't cast a Leia. Like, I mean, I, I, and I say is Leia in the mix only because she was so in the mix. Like, if you reading the books sure. and like knowing her role um, in the New Republic. Um, having said that, I don't need to see a de-aged or like a, a deep faked, right. you know, Leia. Right. Like, I don't want to see that. Right. <laughs> um, I'm okay with just recasting and just saying like this. Um, but I understand like that's a really, that's a really touchy thing for Lucasfilm to do because of just the, it's probably not worth the fervor and the outrage that would happen. Um, I but think- I will say that technology has come. Luke looked awesome in Book of Boba Fett. Like, I bought it. Like I will buy that if it if that's what it is. Um, so I'd have to rewatch to see, but I remember 
seeing some of the flaws in the tech. Like it's not it's not perfect. And mm-hmm. I understand that like it's got a long way to go. Like for as advanced as it is, it's got a long way to go. But I think I'm I'm all for fan casting when it makes sense. And I've seen the fan cast of Sebastian Stan as Luke and yes. I buy it. Yes. Like I would totally Same. buy that, you Same. know, and Same. I don't know if that's something that's been offered to him or not, but if it has, like I would hope he would say yes, you know, because right. for that one, yeah. it just makes so much sense. Right. And I think that you right. have to find someone that you can believe that it is yeah. so-and-so. And if and it's if not, it was then it's not. Service- Right. And if it was service to the story, like, again, I don't need it just because, like, um, but again, I feel like there's so much other stuff out there. I could feel like they could tell stories without having to do it because that exists in books. And I feel like this is a good segue to talk about books because that's why I love, um, I feel like a lot of people are getting, the book people, the Star Wars book people are getting stoked because everyone's like, we're touching on New Republic stuff yeah. in live action in like mass popular culture Star Wars media. And everyone's like, come over here, guys. Here's all this stuff that exists that if you like this. I have a lot of trepidation with that because I love books, as you know, and I love reading the stories. But I also know that when it comes to the quote unquote hierarchy of canon, they're closer to the bottom of the totem pole mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. the top. And so that's why I love that the High Republic so far has not been in film and TV because it's kind of like, I say our own little world in the sense of like the book community, <laughs> it's true, right? It's true. But it's like in the sense of like the big community, like it is our own little world. Like it's yeah. unexplored. Yeah. You know, things aren't being overwritten. Like this is hard canon fact whatever and yeah. I, I i've seen some of the takes from like um i think kevin scott has tweeted this a little bit of time where like everything's canon like it's all canon yes. like i don't worry about this <laughs> yes. stuff right um, exactly and and i think from an author perspective you have to feel that way and have that mentality yeah. because like you know it it would suck if like your work is diminished based on like a company being bought out and these decisions, right? So like, I totally understand his point of view, but there's so much content out there that like, for me, so far, I only stick to canon, right? Once mm-hmm. once I get to a point where I have read everything canon, then maybe I'll dip into Legends. And it's no disrespect to Legends. I know there's a lot of good stuff on there. The uh, Stover novelization of uh, episode three is one of the few, probably three or four, S tier marks that I've given on my like list of like books that I've read from Star Wars. So I know there's really good content out there. Um, But going back to your point, like I haven't read Bloodline and I've heard incredible things about Bloodline. And I'm very curious to see do you mention anything from there that like, you know, like if you look at Mandalorian, like Rebels Watchers, you know, they're fed because they see Zeb and they know who Zeb is. Yep. Yep. And so I would love if someone who's read Bloodline would say, oh, that was referenced. I know that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or if you take some of the stuff happening in Leia, Princess of Aldron by Claudia Gray, if you see some of that happen in season two of Andor, you know, so I'm, I'm very curious to see how they adapt it because it's, it seems a little unfair to me if they're just overlooked, you know? Yeah. And yeah. comics have been overlooked in the past. Oh yeah. You know, with mm-hmm. like the Canaan comics and how that's been treated with yeah. um, now the Bad Batch season opening yes. and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So it's, 
it can be tough. Yeah, it's tough. And I, I, I can see all sides and both sides. And I agree with Kevin's thing to an extent because to me, it's all about just story and good storytelling. And like, if, if it's a bad story, no matter whether it's live action or whether it's a comic, like to me, I feel like the, the inequality of media is what frustrates me more that just because and don't eat, like same thing with a freaking Disney live action remakes that they just won't stop doing from these classically animated films that are li- like <laughs> in like they are actually timeless. Like you can't make them more timeless. You are making them. You are aging. You are doing something different. But like, why is live action like the epitome of of pop culture art? Like that drives me crazy. Like, and so. I'm not, I'm never going to win that fight. And so like the book people out there know that amazing stories are in books. There's also not great, not good stories that are out there in the books. And there, so there's, and I think this kind of goes to what we were saying before, like there's a space for everyone, there's stuff for everyone, but there's stuff that's also not for everyone. But I also, I also think that it's not too hard for a crazy uber conglomerate company to just like have a story team that just it's not that hard to like pay attention to the details there's fans out there who do it for you right. like you don't it's like it's not that hard <laughs> so i'm also not the one who needs to see everything right like i said i don't need to see the higher public in live action for it to be legitimized or whatever am i gonna probably love that? i'm still a customer i'm still gonna do it like i'm still gonna watch it um I, I don't know if any of that made sense. I but. think there's like there's there's only so much time, right? And yeah. and and when you look at the cost of things and kind of the the time value, right? So if I produce this, how much is it going to net us? Because they are a business at the end of the day. Of course. So of so course. that's a difficult part. And then I think if you have people that are from a business standpoint, it's the books are always going to be better than what you produce because that's in your head. You know, it's the image that's yes. in your head. And so you see that with movies all the time, right? It's like, oh, well, the book was better than the movie, right? And so, of course, from a, from a Star it's Wars. It's an actual fact. Right. <laughs> so, from a Star Wars <laughs> Disney aspect, it's kind of like if we're making this, we're, we're making it not for you. We're making it for a new audience. So like there's been rumors of like for the Ahsoka show, there's been rumors that we might see the fight from rebels between Ahsoka and Vader in live action. And it's a delicate dance because there's so much that you can do in animation that you can't do in live action. Like, I I don't know if you and I talked about this, but the other day I was commenting that I would love to see a visions episode of Anakin versus Obi-Wan where Anakin wins, you know, because, and because that would be animation and there's so much that you can do in that fight that legitimately moves that you cannot do in live action that you can in animation. And so I would love to see that. And because visions isn't canon, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's like an alternate timeline or whatever, that would be really cool to see. Um, So I don't know. Yeah, I was all over the place on that one. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was too. I was too. Well, um, I just want to, I guess, I, I wanted to, I'll ask you a couple more Star Wars ebook questions, then we'll wrap up. But um, so 
this is a question that's come up with my in some conversations with Fabio from Tatooine Times. But if someone were to come to you and say, like, and I didn't give you this question ahead of time, so this is an extra. Like, what is your go-to <laughs> Star Wars book if someone comes to you saying, like, what should I read? What should I start? What, what do I? Where do I go first? Like, what is your go-to answer for that? For sure. My answer to this is, what do you want to read? Because at the end of the day... <laughs> nice. Because, no, and, and it's legitimate, because at the end of the day, if yeah. you are not an avid book reader, then you should jump into something that you love to really just kind of get into it. So if you are a prequel kid and you love the prequels, maybe you, because you love Anakin and Obi-Wan, then maybe you should read Brotherhood, right? If you Mm -hmm. are someone who loves Rogue One, then I would read the Rogue One novelization, right? If, which by the way, I think is an S tier book, Alexander Freed knocked it out of the park in that book. Um, If you are someone that that. wants to see, I actually haven't read it. Okay. I think that he not only adapted the movie perfectly, but he added so many things of seeing POVs of different characters and kind of their thought process and mindset during various things that really added to it. I absolutely adore that book, but I will also admit that Rogue One is like unapologetically my favorite Star Wars movie. And I include the Skywalker saga in that, you know, but that's just me. Like people may have different tastes, right? Like I totally understand that. And I also understand that like, for me, a lot of my takes are not the majority. Like I'm in the minority for a lot of different <laughs> things in Star Wars. And that's um, okay. And I'm okay with that. Like I it's okay to yep. be your own person. It's okay to have individual opinions. You know, you don't need to always follow the majority and and you know agree with everyone. So Yeah, don't get started you, on that. Like it, <laughs> if you if you love <laughs> kind of seeing what you're seeing in Mandalorian, like maybe check out the Alphabet Squadron because it's a lot of the New Republic stuff. If you love yeah. Uh, Leia as a character, maybe read Bloodline. Um, so I don't think there's a one-stop shop fits all. You know, I think that it really depends yeah. on you because books are such a different space that you really should mm-hmm. enjoy what you're doing, and that all starts with the characters yeah. and eras that you love. So I'm always going to go with that sense. answer. Yeah, that's awesome. What are some of your favorites, though? Like, I guess that's what I'm trying to get out of you. Like, what are some of your favorite Star Wars books? So I have tiers, and I'll do S tier, A tier, B tier, C tier, D tier. And I stop. Well, I have an F tier. There's only one book that's on there that I've read so far. I think you and I both know what it is. Um, (laughs) That uh, will go unnamed maybe for now. (laughs) But I dole it out into categories. So I will do a scale of 1 to 10, and I'll add them all up. So it's pacing, character development. Oh, okay. Themes. So do I recognize what the themes are in this book? Emotion. How did I feel while reading this book? Plot. Intrigue slash page turner. Like, did I want to keep going through or did I really struggle mm-hmm. getting through the book? Uh, enjoyment. How much did I end up enjoying it at the end? Uh, action. So what were the action scenes like? Writing style. Like, did I vibe with the action style? Like, or the, mm-hmm. the writing style. Did I, did I vibe with the writing style? So I don't love super short chapters throughout the book. Like A New Dawn, I did not vibe with that book because the average chapter length, I think was like less than seven pages. And I just felt that like, what are we doing here? I just disagree with that decision. And so for me, it wasn't as enjoyable. (laughs) And then finally, how much lore and world building is there? So 10 points for each of those 10 categories. And that adds up to 100. 
and then that's okay. how, I'll, how I'll give my letter that's grade. Your, your grade. S okay. Right. So S tier is 95 to 100. And okay. of the books that I've read, I have read, I think I've read 23 canon books so far. Okay, nice. And I have three S tier books. Okay. Or three books that I have deemed to be S tier on mine. Um, the first one, and these are like in no order, uh, Light yeah, of the yeah, Jedi yeah. from the High okay. Republic. I gave that nice, an S tier. Nice. That came in at 95 for me. And then Thrawn came in as a 96 for me. And okay. Rogue One was a 96 for me. Oh, nice. So those three, really... those three are my favorite that I've read to date. Um, and I would recommend those to, to anyone. I will say that Light of the Jedi is a bit of a more advanced read. Mm -hmm. And people can kind of get lost in everything going on because it's such a brand new world and you don't know anything as you enter it. Um, but I'm also not surprised that these are the three that I love the most because it's pieces that I would love. Like I love Thrawn. He's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what I was telling you with read what you really enjoy. Yeah. Whether it's yeah. a timeline or a character because you're really going to enjoy that book for the most part. Sure. Those are really good diverse choices too, I would say. Like that there it's like very different uh timelines and styles. So that's cool. Yeah. That yeah. says a lot about your taste too as and like as a reader, that's awesome. Yeah. And they're not all by the same author. They're all by different authors. Yeah, Charles that's Soul, cool. uh Zahn and Freed. And Freed. Yeah. Alexander I love Alexander Freed. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> thanks. I'm thanks for sharing those. I mean, I'm sure that's not like private information but that's awesome i, no, I don't think on, i ever knew that on my instagram and i have a goodreads and i'll like write out a review yeah um i don't think i i think i only put my goodreads will have a bit more of an advanced review like there's more information on there yeah. because of the character limit that's on instagram um, but i'll yeah. include the tiers on my goodreads review okay good so yeah that's awesome yeah. so check them out everyone if you, that's a way more thorough system than I have. So, <laughs> you know, it's because when I was first reading them, I was like, there's gotta be a better way to do this because I, I want to find a way to really encapsulate, like, how did I feel reading this book and what did I that's enjoy good. about that's this book? Awesome. And it would help yeah. me write my review when I would do it. Right. You know? And to me, that was important. Like I wanted to make sure if I'm going to do this, I really want to remember what I liked and what I didn't like about this book. Sure, you know, sure. I and know that's important to a lot of people, a lot of readers too. So. There's a lot of people that didn't love the most recent book that came out, uh, Jedi Battle Scars. But people mm -hmm. weren't able to describe, at least in I, in the reviews that I saw, <clears throat> people weren't really describing the actual flaws of the book, which was like, in my opinion, like the lack of character development and some of the plot and you know these kind of things. And so I think you and I have talked about this where when you're writing an ARC review, and you want to write something that isn't spoiler heavy, how mm -hmm. do you go about doing that? Mm -hmm. And so these things, these 10 elements, those are what I target when I write. Because I might, I write all of my reviews as spoiler-free um, mm -hmm. or as yeah. spoiler-free as I possibly can. Right. And those Same. 10 elements, those really help me define how I'm, how I'm doing that. That's good. So I might have to process. steal that. Yeah, I will. I will <laughs> that, DM it to you. That and definitely, that definitely helps because there's sometimes <laughs> I was like, "Where do I start?" Like yeah. I don't even, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, 
as we wrap up, this is a couple questions that I ask all of my friends, guests, but uh, as this is This Dad Reads, and you've talked a little bit about family and just kind of influence and what's going on in your life, but was there a, um, a parental figure in your life growing up um, that helped inspire or nurture this kind of love or um, passion for pop culture and maybe Star Wars in particular? Uh, there was it. I mentioned earlier, so my, my father passed away when I was 14. And as the oldest in my family and being a male, and you know, that's how mm-hmm. some cultures can be, uh, mm-hmm. everything is kind of thrown on your shoulders. And so for me, there wasn't really a time to be a kid per se. Like it was kind of like, mm. hey, you're in charge now, you know, at yeah. a young age. And yeah. so that kind of stuff took a backseat. It was more about mm-hmm. surviving, literally like I'm, I'm Cal Kestis, you know, like I'm trying to survive <laughs> and figure out yeah. how am I supposed to do this on my own, right? Yeah. Um, and so I didn't have that. But I will say that inevitably you find your way to, to things that help you remember people. So like mm-hmm. um, the first toy I ever got was a Lego set for my dad. And so that yes. is a huge part of my love of Legos because mm-hmm. it's a way for mm-hmm. me to kind of honor his memory and it's how I remember him. Um, sure. And I then share that with like my family, like, so like my wife and I, we will build Lego together. Um, and I built, before The Force Awakens came out, there used to be a original UCS Millennium Falcon and UCS is the ultimate, ultimate collector series Falcon. Okay. And at the time that set new in box, cause it was already long retired was going for like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I'm like, I'm not spending that much on a Lego set. I just, I can't <laughs> mentally, the gymnastically yeah. just can't make that work. So what I ended up doing with her, uh, we were dating at the time and I ended up creating a spreadsheet and I put together all the parts list of the Falcon and I went to Bricklink and I piece by piece ordered every part of the Falcon. Wow. And I was having knee surgery and we built it together and this is what we were dating. And I'm sure that all these various experiences added up to, you know, now we're married and, you know, we still build Lego together and, and all these things. Yeah. So um, I think I'm again in the minority, I'm not the norm. And so you make your own way, but I will say that my love of Star Wars, I, you know, pass on. So I spent all this time with my yeah. niece and I will, yeah. you know, show her various Funko Pops and, you know, have her learn names and things like that. So um, the gaps that you have in your life, you try to make sure that they don't exist in future family members. And I think mm. that I've tried to do that. That That's awesome. And I feel like you took something in your own experience and you're turning it around to impact that next generation, like kind of like what you said. And you you called it a gap, but like everyone has their own story. So it's like, and I try to make these questions as inclusive as possible, right? Because I, I never want to say, I never want to assume right. that everyone just had this like awesome, you know, relationship or experience growing up. But that's like, that's beautiful that you're taking something that there was a spark or something in you that maybe you don't remember, or you have his, uh, hints of it that, but it's it still made you who you are, and um, the way that you're passing that on is really cool. I love that. Trust in the force, and, man. <laughs> dude, I love it. My son yesterday was like, "Wouldn't it be so like? What if the force was real? Like, wouldn't that be so cool?" And I'm like, "Yes, that would be so amazing." <laughs> it is. Just tell him it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> All right, last question. So, what is your last current next? The last book you've read, what you're currently reading, and what you're planning on reading next? So last 
book was Battle Scars slash comic book was The Blade. Um, okay. And The Blade is actually the first piece of Phase 2 that I've read. Okay. I haven't gotten into reading Phase 2 yet. I got sidetracked along the way. Um, and also because I was in a rut for such a long time. Um, and so now my current is Midnight Horizon because I need to finish Phase 1. Okay, um, which okay, I good. haven't done yet, but that's my current. And then my next, after I finish Horizon, will either be to start Phase Two of the High Republic, or what I'm more leaning towards is reading the Chiss Ascendancy. Oh, okay. For the Thrawn prequels, because I want to read those before we get Ahsoka. Okay, okay. Because one of the I things didn't, so I didn't realize you hadn't read those. I haven't read those. No. Okay. They're gargantuan and they're a little intimidating. They're different. They're they're different too, I would say. Yeah, I, one of the things that I did in the lead up to Andor was I on my TikTok I had various like quotes to kind of show the brutality of the Empire because we haven't really seen it in the shows before up until mm-hmm. Andor. Mm-hmm. We saw it a lot in books because the way that right. you know, books are more descriptive at times and cover more ground. So what I would do is I would pull passages or quotes from various books canon only that you know, from the rebellion kind of era um, going into like, what is the empire actually like? And what I want to do before Ahsoka is I would love to read and compile a list of quotes on Thrawn on how he's not a villain. I think he's an anti-villain. Oh. I think Thrawn yeah. is an anti-villain. I don't think that he's a villain. I think that if you've read the Thrawn books and you've mm-hmm. seen Zahn's vision, then you mm-hmm. know that Thrawn is very much, I'm here for what's best for my people mm-hmm. through any means necessary. But I also like, if you leave me, if you leave us alone, we will leave you alone and we'll go yep. in peace. Yes, and that's his exactly. vision. And I'm very curious to see how he is portrayed in Ahsoka. Yeah. And what I want to do is compile a list of all of the times between the three prequels and the, Thrawn canon trilogy, uh, Thrawn alliances and treason. I was blanking on the second name. Um, and, <laughs> and go through and just kind of have passages and quotes on Thrawn to show this is who he actually is. You know, someone who cares for his people, someone who yeah. does not um, kill mercilessly, you know, and, and someone who truly values life and is mm-hmm. devastated internally when life happens is lost, you know, does what mm-hmm. he can to kind of avoid those situations. Devastated may be too strong a word, but I think you get the idea. Um, so I'm leaning towards just ascendancy, which I know will put me way behind on phase two, but you got to pick your battles. You, yeah. I was say, you got to do what you got to do. So that the, the just ascendancy definitely needs to be in there if you're trying to do that. So, and I think you'll, it will affirm a lot of what you've already said. Yeah. Um, but it'll also, yeah, it does a lot of it does different stuff than even I was expecting. So it's been a while since I read them though, but they're they're enjoyable. Well, that's awesome. So you've mentioned your socials a couple times. So if for everyone listening out there, if Zane is a guy that you want to have in your circle, have in your uh, be have a new friend online to talk books, Star Wars stuff with, where can they find you? I am my two credits. So my the number two credits on everything. Um, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. 
my YouTube is mostly going to be Lego City content. I've only just recently started that up, but I'm my two credits everywhere else. Nice. And I will definitely link that in the show notes for everyone to check it out. Zane, it has been a pleasure. It's been awesome. I, this will not be the last time that we'll chat whether we're recording it or not. So Dude. I really appreciate you taking time and hanging out and nerding out. Thank you so much for bringing me on. I had an awesome time. It was so much fun interacting with you. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you say about Bad Batch once you have time to go and rewatch it. <laughs> appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Thanks again to my buddy Zane for joining me today. Loved nerding out with that guy. Give him a follow online. He has some really cool takes and just a really genuine good guy. So give him a follow. Check him out. And I'm looking forward to continuing to nerd out with you guys. If anyone else is interested about nerding out with me on the show, send me a DM on Instagram. Send me an email. I would love to be able to have more conversations with more of you guys in the future. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for joining. I will be back in a couple weeks with another episode. And until then, happy reading, everyone. Take us out, Casey. Thank you so much for listening. For more of my content, visit my website at thisdadreads.com for full book reviews, interviews, and articles. Follow me on socials at thisdadreads on Twitter and Instagram. This Dad Reads, the podcast, is produced by Erevis Industries and me. Special thanks to my editor, Jeremy Tuttle, and Tacoma Media for the use of their song Bounce. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and leave me a five-star review. It really helps. Catch you next time.